Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Today, I am talking with my friend, Brooke. She is the Grounded Stylist on Instagram. Man, Brooke is like a jack of all trades. She is an educator when it comes to dimensional color and advanced cutting. She is also a Reiki master and a tarot card reader. And now she is helping stylists learn how to stay grounded. We go deep into what that actually even means, and I hope that you enjoy this conversation and come at it with an open mind. Be curious about kind of all of the things that we're talking about um, in the next hour. Enjoy. And if you like this, do not forget to screenshot, post it on the gram, tell a friend, um, let us know what you think. You can DM me or you can DM Brooke at The Grounded Stylist um, and give us some feedback. I hope this is helpful, friends. Hi, Brooke. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist podcast. Hi. How are you, Misty? I am great. This is your first time on and I'm so, so excited um, we're going to talk about, oh, by the way, it's 11-11, just oh, FYI. FYI, and it's 10, <laughs> yeah, he said, it's 11-11 where you are, and it was just 10-10 here. So yeah, there we go. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, everything is aligning, which I think it is about a little bit. The 11s are wild with me these last couple of days. <laughs> yes. So it has been for me about two, three years, I've seen it every day. And now I'm starting to see four, four, four a lot, yeah, which yeah. I don't remember what it means. I keep looking, I have to look it up every time, but we can get into that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Let's do some talk about that. I love it. Absolutely. Numbers. So, okay. Before we start, tell the listeners who you are and what you do. So first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here with you. Um, I just love that we got to connect um, in Italy over the mastermind last year, and I'm just super excited to be here. So thank you so much for having me and everything that you do around money in the industry is amazing. 
Um, so me, I'll give you a little bit of my story. Um, I've been doing hair for 24 years, which seems weird to say. <laughs> um, but I've been a stylist for 24 years and I've been an educator for about 12 years. Um, I did not always know I wanted to be a hairdresser, but my mom is a hairdresser. So I'm second generation. Um, I thought I was going to go to law school and, um, really because I thought I just wanted to be able to argue my way out of a paper bag, but <laughs> I knew that my parents could not afford to send me to law school. So I was like, Hey, I'll go to hair school. I'll use that to work myself through law school. Um, once I started hair school, I realized that I actually hated school <laughs> mm-hmm. and, um, realized that I was really good at doing hair. So, um, I ended up sticking with it and it has been an amazing career for me, but early on in my career, I knew that I wanted to be an educator. Um, it's just something that I just felt very drawn to teach, um, and help others and be of service in that way. And, you know, 24 years ago it was hair shows. So I wanted to be a platform artist, you mm-hmm. know, like um, on stage. Yeah. I just, cause, yeah. you know, we didn't have all these intro webs and things. So, <laughs> um, you would go to hair shows and literally go, that's how you learned, you know? And so I really wanted to be a platform artist. Um, and, uh, I think I probably put that off for a while. I, I, my, I got really busy in my career. I was very successful from early on doing hair. Um, I was working 10, 12 hour days, you know, six days a week. And, um, then at 27, I had my son. So things kind of slowed down. And, um, that was in 2008. So the economy shifted a little bit. Um, a few years later, I said, man, I really want to do this education thing. So, I ended up going to an event with Aquage and um, I was just very drawn to their company. I always loved their products and their imagery. And I ended up good taking a position with them, um, learning to be an educator. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I stayed with them for a little while and then ended up shifting to KMS California. I did a lot of classes with them. And then I connected with Hattori Hanzo Shears. Um, I was an educator with them for four years, and I was also a sales rep, a very successful sales rep in my area. And I shifted into sales when I was going through my divorce, you know, being a single mom of four kids trying that were like, you know, um, only four years apart between my twins and my oldest. uh, I just couldn't handle the unsteadiness of, you know, what can be being a hairdresser. So um, I went into sales. I was very successful. I continued with education. And then, um, the pandemic hit mm-hmm. Were you doing hair still at the time. I was kind of like partially doing hair. Um, I didn't, I was so busy in sales. I, I was a $400,000 a year scissor salesman, right? <laughs> you know? So, um, I was very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, plus I still have the kids, you know? So, uh, I, I was doing hair where I could because I, it kept me creative. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, then when the pandemic hit, you know, everything just went crazy. So I had been wanting to change my career path anyway. So I ended up, um, I met a distributor that wanted to open in my area and I took a position with them. They offered me a salary and post pandemic, I was like, this is amazing. Right. <laughs> I yeah. don't even know what salary means. Like, <laughs> I've been a hairdresser for my whole life. You know, my paycheck's going to look the same. I know. What? Right. What? And I can increase it too. That's what? a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was really like, babe, guess what? You know, to my husband, I was like, they're offering me blah, 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 you know? Uh-huh. Um, so 
I ended up opening the territory in Missouri and Kansas because they weren't here. And I did grow that territory very quickly to be over in a million dollar territory. Um, one day my husband looked at me and said, there's something wrong with you. Mm. And I was like, what do you mean? I was a, I was a fucking machine, Misty. Um, it became all about numbers and hitting goals and, the reason that I was good at selling is because I sold things I believed in. Mm-hmm. And I truly, it was a being of service. I was truly helping people. When it came to the point that I had to sell things that I didn't want to use myself, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it took the authenticity out of it for me and really um, burned me out, you yeah. know? And um, so I ended up kind of trying to negotiate my terms with them and we couldn't come to an agreement. So I just up and quit my six figure a year um, job in, in December of 2022 mm-hmm. and went and opened a salon suite and said, okay, um, the thing that I said I was never going to do, I did not want to start over. I did not want to rebuild. I did not want to learn social media. And uh, the universe said, ha ha ha, <laughs> whenever you say never, I make you do it anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yep. So, um, it's been a little over a year since I went back behind the chair and, um, relaunched not your average stylist. So that's my hairdressing business. Um, I've been going by that pretty much my whole career. And then, um, I knew that I needed to navigate this, you know, scene differently than I ever had. So, um, I searched high and low and came across Jody Brown And it's ultimately how we met. And I did her mastermind last year and I cannot, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it, but it was completely life-changing because, um, I have been in, I'm a very spiritual person and I'm sure we're going to dig into that more. And I've been in Reiki, um, for six years. I, um, do tarot and all these things, but it was kind of just like, it was a huge part of my life, but not my professional life. And, um, the cards had been telling me for about four years that it was meant to be part of my professional life. I needed to be having a spiritually based career path. And I was just kind of, you know, brush it off. Oh, whatever, you know, like I'm going to retire and have a retreat center and teach people how to do yoga. I don't know. (laughs) And I just thought that's what it was going to be. I'm a hairdresser. I teach people. I was, I specialized in haircutting. I teach people how to cut hair. That's what I do. Right. I don't, you know, how, how's that going to fit? Right. So, um, I would say we were totally focusing on me expanding my hair business and my education business, um, technical education. And then one day I called Jody and I said, I can't do this. I have, I actually have to change everything that I'm planning right now. Yeah. And I've got to go full on the grounded stylist. I was like, um, universe, I was listening to one of her podcasts and I honestly couldn't tell you what it is right now, but it just smacked me upside the head that, 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 that someday you're meant to have a spiritually based career path was today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I couldn't um, run from it any longer. And not like I was actively running, but I think there was just this piece of me that was like, how do I put that out there? I was raised extremely religious. And um, I think part of it was until my mother passed, I don't know how, if I was comfortable with like, you know, really right. throw, I, I don't know. There's probably something there, but um Anyway, that being said, it was kind of like I was free to do it. You know what I'm saying? And so I really just jumped in and um, put all of my energy into saying, this is who I am. This is who I authentically am. I'm a Reiki master. I'm a mindset coach. 
I'm a light worker. Um, I'm, I'm meant to be here to help people and help heal them. And, um, that's, that's how I got to where I am today. And I realized that everything was necessary leading up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed to go through all of the steps that I did to become an educator and all the classes that I took and meet all the people that I've met, because now it's been a very impactful part of my life to see like, Hey, I'm doing a class with Prezi Poe in a few weeks. And, you know, uh, just cut, sorry, I keep hitting my mic, but, um, to just kind of, uh, be able to embrace all of those relationships. And as I step into this kind of new season of my life, which actually really feels like home. So mm, I um, love that. Yeah. I don't know how long that was that I just talked for, but it felt like forever. <laughs> Do you feel like you were kind of stuck in the like shoulds, like what I should be doing and not listening to what you, your internal, you know, self huh. was telling you, like you were listening to the sh- outside shoulds. Absolutely. I think that when, so when my husband said to me, there's something wrong with you, I really had to dive back in because I didn't quite understand at the time. It was a process actually. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not, I haven't done yoga for a while. So I'm going to start doing yoga again. And um, at that time, I guess I was in the shoulds. I was like, well, this is what I should be doing. This is, this is a financially what my um, family needs. This is um, I should be educating because that's what I know how to do. And I know I can be successful at it. Like if um, I'm good at it, I have to do it kind of thing. Yeah. This is, this is where, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I've spent 24 years learning how to do, you know? And honestly it has been so since I, this is practicing what I preach, stepping to the other side of fear has allowed me to really feel fulfilled and happy in what I'm doing. And the interaction and the feedback that I get from people is just amazing. Yeah. And it's not that I wasn't getting that with hair. I had, I always had a great education career and experience, but, um, I realized that it was because of, I was, I was able to connect with people really well and I needed to be able to dive deeper with them because that was my true purpose. But the should definitely was a, was a holdback, I think along the way. And Mm -hmm. that weaves probably from my business life into my personal life and etc. You know? Yeah. So it, it was, um, it definitely was a like, okay, here we fucking go. I'm yeah. jumping in. <laughs> right. Well, I think like you said, you know, I think sometimes all the things that you experience get you to that point where you have to be ready to jump in. Yeah. You know, sometimes when we go, I think I want to do this. And then we just do it with no resources and no education behind like teaching or, you know, any, any of it. Right. Yeah. Like, and then we're stuck with, oh crap, what's going on? <laughs> like yeah. this, this isn't what it's supposed to look like. Right. But like, you know, I, I look back at so many things in my life and I'm like, even the worst possible negative things. And I'm like, I'm so glad that happened because I have, now I have the resources to, you know, get through it or continue or whatever, you know? Um, so it's important. No, I think so too. And what it's come down to is a culmination of being able to make more, um, more better, more strategic Mo decisions. Better. Mo better. Mo better. <laughs> Mo better decisions. Yeah. Um, I live in the Midwest. Thank you. Yeah. No, um, better decisions for my business and my family, because I do have a combination of experiences and then being able to reach out to people that have been impactful for me that are impactful in the industry and say, Hey, friend, Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, can you mentor me or can we like do a collaboration? And 
Um, if I hadn't been where I've been, then I've, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I yeah. do think it's definitely made things, dare I say, easier, you know, um, and each thing leads to the next. Do you know what I'm saying? Because that whole path for me too, was very healing. Um, mm-hmm. because I, I was never like very low on self-confidence, but like, I was the weird one. Like I was the odd kid. I was, um, you know, <laughs> some crazy stories, but, um, I just was not, I, I was the poor kid. I was weird. I was like, you know, trapped in stairways and bit by people that were supposed to be like friends. It was crazy. But, um, I had to get away from that. So stepping into my power as an educator allowed me to create that self-confidence so that when I had to truly step into my spirituality publicly, I was able to be able to block out any scrutiny that I was going to get from the very religious sides of my family. I just made a post the other day where I was just like, this is me. Yeah. Like take it or leave it. You know, did you get nervous to post it still, even though you're confident in it? Actually, it felt empowering, but it was a little bit like, who I wonder who's gonna see this. Yes. (laughs) It's it's interesting to me because I almost am to the point and and I did not post things for so long because I would get nervous. I'd get like real anxious Mm -hmm. about yeah, I don't know, not even necessarily my family, just pissing someone off or whatever. And then I realized though, every time I post that thing, it's like the most impactful posts. You find your people. And that's the thing that I had to also realize was that I cannot make everybody happy. I'm not here to make everybody happy. I'm here to find my people, Mm -hmm. right? The people that resonate with me. Like I've always said in hair, there's all kinds of people. And so I don't get offended if one of my clients goes to another stylist. They just didn't, you know what I'm saying? We didn't resonate with each other or whatever, And, um, I feel that way in this, you know, coaching place, or, you know, I tried to put my head there when I post as well, because it was an issue. I was like, well, when I put Reiki master on my website, there you go. Right. (laughs) It's out there. Yeah. And so I'm pretty sure that I probably, you could say lost clients because of that. But at the same time, I try not to think of it that way because I gain clients to sit in my chair because they feel empowered to be there because of the connection that we have. And we have some of the coolest conversations and um, they want to know about Tarot and they want to know about Reiki. And those are the things that excite me and I'm passionate about. So um, I've ended up having more meaningful connections in my chair. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not saying that like, you know, that's going to go for anything that is truly authentically you, whatever that is. Um, everything amazing, um, it sits on the other side of fear. In my opinion, you know, fear is not logical and you can talk yourself out of literally anything, um, if it's fear-based, but if you can just say, you know what, I recognize this as fear. Fear is not logical. If I can break through this wall of fear, then something really cool is going to be on the other side of it. And that's really what has put continues to push me forward and breaking down things that may make me feel small. And then once I do that, then there's just more expansion, you mm-hmm. know? Yep. Yep. I love that. Well, it's the stories that we put around things, right? Is like right. a lot of times we just, we put these stories around what's going on that aren't true, 
but our brain is filtering it through all Mm -hmm. of the things that we've learned, you know what I mean? From the moment we were born, you know, and we have to like reprogram that shit and we got to go, wait a minute, you're telling me lies. (laughs) These are all lies. (laughs) They're all lies. So why not? (laughs) This is something I learned actually recently that I really loved um, is if we're going to tell ourselves lies, let's make them positive ones. Yeah. You know, and and it's like, And I think I struggled with that and we'll get into kind of the spiritual side. Like I struggled with the, like, you know, embody what it is that you desire mentally before you have it. Right. Like really think like you already have it. And I really struggled with that because I'm very logistical and very like, you know, no, but I don't have it. So what? That shit does not make sense. Yeah. Like, (laughs) but it's not there. So it's not (laughs) here. So how can I act like it is? I've had those same conversations. Right. But then I also would pay attention to my thoughts and I'd be like, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, that's not true either. Yeah. So it's like, why not be like, well, actually, Misty, you are smart enough and you are working towards that thing. And like, why don't you think about it like that instead of constantly going to that safety that our brain does of like, you know, all those negative thoughts are supposed to keep us stuck. Like that's right. the point, you know, right. and it's like, but I don't want to be stuck. <laughs> right. Right. And I think once you open that doorway, you can't stay stuck. Like you're just, right. you've, you've hit, regardless of how you feel about your own spirituality or faith or the universe or whatever, whenever you start thinking bigger, <laughs> Um, you, you aren't allowed to go backwards. It just doesn't work that way. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I think that that's where you, you start to make sense of some of those things that seem nonsensical. (laughs) Yeah. Well, once you hear it, you can't unhear it. Yes, exactly. And I, I'll tell you, uh, there was a book that I read that was like really pivotal to me in the beginning of my, um, uh, a spiritual awakening for, you know, I mean, it's what it was, but, um, it's called the four agreements and I don't know if you've ever read it, but, um, it's quite transformative and it's an easy read. So if any of you have not read it, I go get it today, but it's be impeccable with your word. Don't take things personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. And the idea behind that is that we are programmed from birth to, follow all of these rules. Mm -hmm. And what those rules do is kind of create a hell on earth for us. So they're just so restrictive and you have to behave this way. And if you don't do it that way. And for me, it was, you have to be a good little church girl and then you have to do it this way. And then once you do that, then you can find somebody to marry and then you guys can have kids and you can have the white picket fence and you can do that. And then you'll be successful. Mm -hmm. You know, and what I, what I tried to do was, you know, I, I got pregnant, um, not at a young age. I was 27. I had a career. It was fine, but it wasn't like planned. So then I kept trying to plug in all the pieces afterwards, you know, like Harry, Carrie, like, Oh, now I need to get married. Let's find a husband, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, when I read this book, I was like, started to really dig deep into all of that programming and going, wait a minute this is not, this is not how this has to be. I get to make these decisions. I get to know that my best is my best, even if it isn't 150% one day. And that as long as I'm good with my word, then I'm doing good by myself and really digging into like self-care and not taking things personally. And, um, it's hard. It's a practice. I still, to this day, 
repeat these. If I, if somebody says something and I start thinking, you know, in my head about it, I go, don't make assumptions. And I ask for clarification, you know? So I think the journey is really starting to untangle that programming. And on the other realizing, like you said, like this fear does not make sense. This is a defense uh, mechanism our body puts us into. And to really like almost peek through that and go, wait a minute, it's actually really not that scary over there. Right. Exactly. I always, I'm, I'm a worst case scenario person and which some people don't like, but I, I like it. Like I like, all right, what in this situation that I'm worried about, what is the worst case scenario? Right. And then I, I pinpoint what that is. And then I literally make a plan for what I would do if that happened. Yeah. And you know what? The plan usually ain't that bad. Yeah. You know, and it gives me this relief of like, you know what? If it does happen, I'm prepared. I'm prepared. I actually talked to Shelby Betancourt about this because that's something that she does too, is that it's mm-hmm. like, what's the worst that could happen? Yep. I could end up homeless living in my car. Okay. If I ended up homeless living in my car, what would I do then? You right. know, and it was like, I, I could still figure it out. You could right? drive for Uber. You could, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. there's still, like you have a network of people that could help you. Like, like there's literally even literal, like the worst rock bottom situation you There's can a way think out. of how you would get out of it, mm. you know? And it's like, it's when you don't allow yourself to live in that space, you right. know? And that is why I deal so much with mindset. Now I have a woman that I'm coaching and she's so amazing, but she like felt like she was stuck, 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 stuck. And it was because she constantly thought she was stuck, 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 you know? And you are going to receive what it is that you're yeah. thinking about constantly. <laughs> energy goes where energy flows, where energy goes, yeah. right? Manifestation does not understand positive and negative. It's only the thought. So, um, and I, and I'm not like, I, I, I practice what I preach, right? I speak from experience. So I still have moments where I have to, you know, either get woken up by someone else or wake myself up. But the ability to do that is there. And it's a lot easier because I am connected to my body and I am mindful. And I've learned a lot through my life's lessons and my own healing. And um, I think that that's where that really makes a difference and how it affects your life. When I coach people. I don't, I don't subscribe to, I'm going to make you rich. Okay. Because literally not everybody wants to be rich and everybody's idea of rich is different. Yep. Um, you know, so I just say, what did, what does your dream life look like? You know, and we work towards that. Like, but to me, the very base of it is getting grounded and understanding who you are as a human where you have faults that you kick yourself for constantly, whether it's self-worth, self-confidence, you know, taking time for yourself, we build that foundation and that leads into everything else that you can improve throughout your life. And I know that you talk about that in your programs as well, because if you don't believe that you're worthy of your dream, you're literally blocking the flow of it happening. Yes. And inadvertently you know? So yeah, yeah. I experienced that so much. I think that was my biggest realization. So, you know, the years ago when I was in like the massive debt and all that, and like my husband and I, we decided to get out of debt and we started taking the actions. What we realized, like once the debt started falling away and we started getting our financial shit together is we realized that the difference in then and prior to was that we literally just kept saying, 
We pick the wrong careers. We're never going to be able to have yep. that. We're like, we literally were yep. just block and we never tried to get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. we were constantly telling ourselves that that was not it for was never us. Gonna happen. So why yeah. try if, if I don't even, if why that's a waste mm -hmm. of time if it's not for me. Yeah. And what I realize is that, wait a minute, but it can be for me if I take yeah. the action. So we have it backwards in our heads, yeah. right? Because we're yeah. like, well, I'm going to, I will feel like the person that has that when I have it, but I'm not going to take any action towards it. It's just going to like show up, which I think a lot of people mistake manifestation for yeah that you think you want something so bad that it just shows up on your doorstep but you have to take the actions aligned first. action yep. yes so let's yep. talk about that a little bit okay what do you manifestation want to talk about? let's talk about that because <laughs> i have talked a lot on this podcast about how i struggle with that word yeah um i think i'm fine i think it's finally clicking but this yeah. is like three years of really trying to like fully understand what it means because I definitely had this misconception that it's like, oh, well, I just keep telling, I aff affirmation myself to death that it's already mine. Yeah. And it's going to just show up on my doorstep, but debunk that. So, <laughs> so manifestation is interesting. I think that when I was in my journey of trying to understand it, I, we, um, we were on the same wavelength. I was like, how can I act like it's already mine? Like that just did not make sense to me. Um, so I had to do for starters, I really think a lot of it's tied back to what you feel like you're worthy of needs to be dealt with before you can really be a powerful manifester. Um, <clears throat> for me, I'm an intuitive so I think, um, it, I am just like wired to manifest easily, but I had to understand that. And I had to know to trust my intuition, which is another big part of being able to quickly manifest. Um, and I'm trying not to squirrel too much cause I'm a hairdresser at heart, but, um, <laughs> So manifestation for me, I think that my practice became a lot of making sure that I did a lot of heart centered practices. If I was in my head, I would drop into my heart. If I was trying to manifest something, I liked to do rituals. That was helpful for me in the beginning. I would write, I have a box on a, my altar. It's right over here. And if I have a, something big that I'm working on, I'll write it down and I'll just say, Hey, this is, you know, what I would like to see come into my life. And I just kind of put it in there. Uh, another thing about manifesting is that we are intentional action and forcing something are two different things. Um, manifestation action just flows. Um, you kind of just say, like I did with my business, Hey, I'm going to have a spiritually based career path. This is what it's going to look like. And I'm going to be incredibly successful. When I try to force those things to happen. It stops the flow and becomes very restrictive. When I just say universe, show me what I need to do. It ends up kind of just falling into place. So we also can't like choose exactly what it's going to look like. And I think that for me was where the pivotal mark was. That's the hard I, part. Yes. I was like a control. Like I had to, I was a planner, right? Like, um, I have, I'm going to, I'm going to get to point C and in order to get to point C, I need to do a part, uh, 1A part 2A part 3A, and then I'm going to go to B and then I'm going to do this. And that is not taking action. That's trying to control the situation, which is not allowing the universe to do what it needs to do. So 
let's get it. Let's like do an example, like give a good example of that, because I think that that can be where people get hung up. Absolutely. Like, you know, like where people yeah. are like, well, I don't get it. Like, what do you mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so what I, um, <clears throat> yeah, I kind of have to go back. I'm like, oh, so I, cause I lived all of this. I remember feeling like, what the hell am I doing? But, um, I think what worked best for me again was having a good connection with self. So that was kind of the first step for me so that I could recognize when I was in a fear-based thought process where I was trying to control everything. And when I was in a calm, intuitive place. Okay. Mm -hmm. So to me, those are two things that you need to understand. The loud voice in your head is fear. That quiet voice in your heart, whether it's like, grab your keys before you walk out the door right. or something um, wait 15 extra minutes. And then you realize you missed a car wreck. You know what I'm saying? So knowing, recognizing the difference between those two voices, I think is like crucial to manifesting in my opinion. Um, because that's going to be the driver between where you define controlling action and intentional action. Right. Okay. So for me, what I would do is I would say, okay, I'm not a big journaler and some people are, but, um, I would just say, Hey, um, I, mm, let's say that I, I want to set, uh, this goal for this year. Okay. So I did this a lot when I was in sales, like, okay, this is the goal that I would like to make. And then I would just listen for that small voice to give me direction instead of saying like micromanaging my way to that end result, because you have to let go of the ego and manifesting right. And in order for it to truly be as beautiful as it can, because our mind cannot actually comprehend what the universe is capable of creating for us. And that was really hard for me too, because manifesting is being able to say this or something greater. Yes. Yes. I love that. And well, I think too, like there's, you know, I'm a control freak. I've gotten better, but like I was really bad and like, what I realized is like, I'll be like, all right, I want this thing and I'm going to yeah. get it like this. And that's it. And see, that so, is going to immediately block your flow. Exactly. Because yeah. other opportunities would come that I didn't see as opportunities to get that thing that yeah. I wanted. Yes. And I would be yes. like, no, I'd be like, this no, isn't the way I that's picture not, that's it. I'm supposed to get it. So and, it's not right. Yeah. And then yeah. I never get it, you yeah. know? And I think sometimes we just have to, and I've, I learned that I've had a couple of things happen to me this year, this past year where I'm like, oh, Oh, and being able, <laughs> but see, and that's, that's what I'm talking about. You were able to the go, Oh, wait. Okay. That's how you create a practice. Like it, it all starts with being able to be in a place where you feel grounded, whatever you want to call it, whatever, like I said, level of spirituality you have, where you can find that differentiation between forcing and flow. Yeah. And I would do the exact same thing, Misty. Like I feel you 150%. I would be like, this is my goal. And then I would be like, this is exactly how I'm going to get there. Mm -hmm. And it would never turn out quite the way I wanted it to. And I was also limiting myself on the scope of what the universe had to offer. Mm -hmm. So when I opened up this, the grounded stylist, I tried to just be like, it's going to be whatever it's meant to be. And, um, some of my affirmations are, um, I do journal a little bit now, <laughs> but, um, money flows to me freely as my income exceeds my expenses mm -hmm. and, um, abundance in my career and family life is limitless. I love that. 
And I, I have a picture. Well, also when you manifest, you should be picturing what you want your future to look like. And so I have my like goals at the top of this, but I caveat that with this or something greater, because I need to be able to leave space for the universe to do what is really ultimately best for my highest good Mm -hmm. and trust that that is going to be how it takes place. And sometimes when things happen, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I could have never dreamed this happening this way. Yeah. And and that's where the beauty comes in. And it feels like, okay, here we are. So it really ultimately starts out with you having an aware, uh, first of all, of self-worth that you're worthy of what you're manifesting. Like you said, you got, you guys never, we never dreamed that we could have these things, right? right? Once you got to the place where you realized you could, then things started changing. Right. Right. So that's like the most simple form of what needs to happen first. Then you need to set your intention and say this or something greater. And then drop into your heart space to hear that intuitive voice and not that fear-based voice and take those actions. Yes. Okay. So realizing that you're fucking worth it. Step one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And you think step two is action. Yeah. So I think setting the intention. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Step two would be setting the intention. So I, I think you cannot like effectively set an intention without thinking you're worthy of the result that you're asking for. Right. Because that's when it starts to feel like the lie in your brain. Yeah. And listen, everything is energy. We're all energetic beings having a human experience, right? So if you energetically are say, if you're, if you're saying, Hey, I want to make a million dollars this year, but on the back end of that, you're like, there's no fucking way I'm going to make a million dollars this year. You sure shit aren't going to make a million dollars this year, (laughs) but I, I have rebuilt myself in in my career so many times that I say I'm, I've had to realize I'm an intuitive because I didn't even really understand my spirituality when I was creating the life experiences that I was over and over for my family, six figures here, six figures there, six figures here, you know? So I know I can do that now. And I've had to realize that that's very innately connected to my ability to manifest and let go of control is how it, it, it's, it's really shown its face to me, if I can say it, you know, instead of trying to micromanage every little piece of it. And it's hard because that's what we're programmed to do. Right. So, okay. I'm going to flip the script a little bit here because I'm, I'm imagining four years ago, Misty listening to this and going, I don't get it. This is too woo woo for me. I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. What would you say to me? Let's do woo woo the woo woo. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Um, I think that The reality is, and and maybe this will feel woo-woo, but like we are all here, uh, our souls are all meant to be here on a journey. We have a destination. How we get there in a lifetime is really determined by what we choose to make out of our culmination of life experiences. Unfortunately, some people will not get to understand this concept in their lifetime. Uh, It's just the reality of the situation. You think the majority won't? I wouldn't say that. I really think that some things have happened in the last few years that have caused a major shift in consciousness. And there's a lot more people like us that are fringe about it or very upfront about it, that the generations underneath us are coming up and they're like very into it. Like my kids, my kids don't think any of this is crazy, but like, you know, 
when I was a kid, the majority of the people were like, you're going to go to hell and you should you're be a witch. at the stake. You're a witch. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, um, so I think first of all, that's, there is an evolution happening collectively, um, that is making it easier or more people are open to it. I, I think. think there's more resources out there now and yeah. there's more people saying it in ways like for me, sometimes I just need to hear it differently. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I need different words. I need words that sound logistical. Right. If that makes sense, you know? So, well, and then if you can take inspired action with those words and then you see the result, you're like, okay, I can build off of this. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. I think that actually comes back to kind of what we were talking about earlier, um, just about, you know, putting stuff out there online, you know, and the right people come to you because yeah. this kind of thing is being taught in a lot of different ways. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. so it's like, if it doesn't resonate with one person, don't completely knock it off. You know yeah. what I mean? Like find somebody find the that person it does. It connects with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. there are there's some great work out there, you know? Well, and I think that I, I, I like that you brought it back to that because if the way I talk about it doesn't resonate with you, it doesn't mean that someone else won't resonate with you. And really, I, 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 I told my mom this before she passed, I said, mom, you know, we really don't believe that differently. Yeah. It's just how you choose to think about it and talk about it. That you know, is, yes, both, I have that conversation often. We ultimately both believe in a higher power and something greater than us out there. There is a force that we can latch onto that helps us achieve our dreams and goals. But I look at it as a very expansive, inclusive, you know, divinity and not um, restrictive and controlling. And that has allowed me to really, truly accept myself. And the thing is, is, a lot of people don't realize that when you heal yourself and you heal these parts of yourself and you fix those self-worth issues, that actually reverberates throughout the collective. So healing you heals others. And I think that's why it's become such a more expansive thing is because we are, there's more people opening up to it. Um, and so it creates kind of a ripple effect, you know, and, um, so for people that are skeptical about like this conversation, you know, I would just look at your look, look in inward and ask yourself why. Yeah, for you sure. Know, why I think, I why think are I was, you that way? Are you programmed that way? Right. I was very cut off to the idea of spirituality for a long time because I just don't, you know, organized religion just does not rub me the right way. Like it never right. has, you know, yep. um, I have various things that, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I realized this year though, that that is a piece that I was missing, Yeah, you know, and I realized that I have been trying to control my life so much that my problem is, is I'm not letting the faith that it's going to work out actually like be the guide, you know what yep. I mean? Yep. And so that actually 2024, my, my word is focus of for yeah. the and that includes the actions I need to take to get where I want to be and focusing on the fact that I cannot control everything and I just have to let things be. And that's okay. And it's okay to do it in a sound bath. And you know what I mean? Like things yeah. that are more spiritual and like, it's not like a bad thing because I think for me, it was like, not that it was a bad thing, just was, it wasn't for me, but that was a story I was telling myself. Telling yourself. Yeah. And I think too, part of that's tied to 
some of these things that, that stories that we tell ourselves that we don't understand uh, are generational. And that's like kind of a whole other conversation, right. <laughs> which is why I deal with Reiki so much because it does help heal some of that, those things we don't understand, you mm-hmm. know? And I think and- that's something that I try to think about often too. And and in conversations with my parents, as I, I like to bring that up, like, Hey, like it's not bad just because you don't understand it. Exactly. And find the way that resonates with you and move through that. But I think that when you cut yourself off and say it has to be done this way, it's like you said, you're, there is no growth there. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's where some people will get stuck. And that's just where they'll stay. And that's how it is. But I think that's why it's important for people like me, that has expansive experience to go out there and spread my truth and speak my truth. So that for those like you that are kind of on the fringe of understanding it kind of go, Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. I can dig into this. And this is what resonates with me, you know? So funny story. (laughs) So I have, you know, I, I went to like a healing retreat back in 2021 and that, that kind of started the whole, I guess, like, I guess it's the spiritual aspect of it. Right. Yeah. And, um, so the last couple of years I've kind of dabbled, you know, I pull cards from time to time, you know, like I don't, I do, I don't necessarily meditate, but I find my way of meditating, like going for walks and listening to music with no words. My brain just like is on fire. Like I get the best ideas. Like, you know, it's like, it like almost reignites my, my creativity, you know? So I found various ways I've been taking baths numerous time, numerous times uh, of the week, like started this year where I um, just zone out completely and like, just try to like feel the water, be present. Like, don't think of anything, but like where I am right this second. And so I feel like I'm finally starting to like embody this whole spiritual thing, right? Slowly. It's been a slow process. I went to a red tent collective here locally in Virginia beach. And it, it was a, like a woman's healing circle that they do on the new moon every month. And it just started last month. It was great. I'm going to go constantly. Um, and they gave us incense and like, you know, tea and all this stuff. So I come in my office, I have been very like, not anti, um, uh, altar, but like, that's not for me, you know, like, mm, I, I can't see myself having like a full altar set up going on, you know, in my house. I go in my office. I I have my cards. I have my aura reading pictures. I'm looking at it all right now, by the way. I set up the incense that came in the bag and then I set up my tea and I stood there for a minute and I, <laughs> I walked out in the living room and I looked at my husband and I was like, I think I have an altar. <laughs> you like like I, I didn't do it on purpose, but I think it's happening. You're like, <laughs> I think that this has managed to happen. Yeah. And it's just kind of funny to me um, because I think it is a slow progression of just learning. And I do think that there's the right time to learn the right thing, you know? Um, well, and it's being open to it. Yes. Um, I think that that is huge. A lot of times, again, programming, I keep going back there, mindset, what you think you're worthy of. We're like, well, that's, that's crazy. Everybody says that's crazy. I'm not supposed to do that. You can't have an altar. My whole house is like, I can't even tell you how many altars I have in my house. <laughs> and what I will say is when people walk into my space and it's the same thing at my salon, they're like, it feels really good in here. Mm. 
you know, and I'm very like big on protecting your space. And, um, I have things on my altar that are important to me. I have candles that I have set intention for my kids. I have, um, I was telling you this the other day, I have a golden need a financial planner. Um, I have her card on my altar, you know? So, um, I think that it's, it's really cool that when you, you followed your intuition of gathering these items and placing them in a way that you're looking at it like, Oh, and the thing is, is that an altar is really just a way to honor space. It's not. I was, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, is an altar really just like almost like a, a layout of like reminders of the gratitude or reminders of your intention? Like is, cause now I'm starting to feel like it's just like, oh, this is just an area that like can keep me focused and remind me of, of what I truly want and like kind of drown out the rest. It's a grounding practice, in my opinion. So yes, and in, in effect, it would have those effects um, of looking at it and going, you know what, it, it kind of bringing you back to the present moment. And um, generally, there's a lot of good energy aligned with you have your crystals, and then you have, you know, maybe like I said, a box where you have some in intentions in there. Um, my husband and I have had a practice where we write down what we want to do for the year. And we put it on the altar and then look at it the next year and go, oh man, look at all these things that we accomplished. And we, when we wrote it, we were like, okay, we're kind of going all in, you know. That actually, when I tell this story often, when I was, you know, started my getting out of debt journey is that we wrote down our three goals of what we wanted on our, and put it on our refrigerator, which I still have right there. Like it's- I love it. And I didn't even realize that, that was kind of what that was. It was this, every time we went to our, our thing was food. Like we would, we spent like over a thousand dollars a month, like going out to eat. Yeah. Um, so every time I would go to the refrigerator, I would be reminded of our goals and it would stop me from ordering food or going out to eat or whatever. And um, yeah, that's kind of what that was, was just like this reminder of like where we want to be and what we want to do to get there. So that's really interesting. I never correlated the two until just now. Okay. So, all right. I love this whole conversation because I do think that it's important whether the, whether somebody's listening and they feel like they're quote unquote into manifestation and into spirituality or not, it's still important stuff regardless of however, whatever, um, label you want to put on it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's important to have something that's going to help carry you through this crazy world that we live in, whatever. I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think, what is your opinion on me, me saying this statement, spirituality and religion are really just coping mechanisms to get through? Um, you know, I think that, hmm, that's a big one. <laughs> I will say this and I may, I may ruffle some feathers, but which real quick, by the way, we need coping me mechanisms. I'm not saying it's negative, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that for me, organized religion in general, um, I'm a very balanced person. That's part of my light worker background. <clears throat> so um, part of what I teach in healing is bringing balance. So anything to extremes is unhealthy. Okay. Whether it's religion, spirituality, um, or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think that... <clears throat> Rather than it being like um, some people do need their own form of faith in order to function, um, I think that it's when you use it as an absolute 
that it can be dangerous, but I suppose you could probably use it as a coping mechanism. But to me, coping mechanism might imply that um, an unhealthy relationship with that um, modality or however you want to say it. And um, uh, I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I think that it's kind of multifaceted, the answer I want to give there. I think that, I think you can use it as a way to get through life, but I also think that if it's in the absolutes, it's unhealthy. Right. You know, I think at the so, end of the day, it's all about just staying curious to things that are going to benefit you. Being open. And really what I keep going back, coming back to is that most I do know people who are religious and spiritual, and I think there is a difference there. I think religion is based around dogma, whichever religion it is. I'm not picking anyone in particular. Um, and spirituality is more about a relationship of self. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that unfortunately, a lot of forms of religion teach you that self is not important and self is selfish. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's dangerous to me because, um, you know, my mother passed not loving herself, even though she was complete service to everybody else her entire life. And that's unfortunate. And I believe that's why it was her time. But um, that being said, I, I had to learn that I needed to love myself in order to love anybody else or for anybody to truly love me. And so whatever helps you get to that place is what's important. I know what works for me and I know what I've helped coach others to do, but I also know there's other ways to get there. So that's why I say like all of these like religions and spirituality and not believing in anything. A lot of times at the end of the day, we all kind of come back to the same place of believing in something very similar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think it's all about staying curious. And like you said, being open for sure, you know, cause, and, yeah. and going back to the very beginning of this conversation of letting go of the shoulds, like yeah. knowing what works for you, you know, like yeah. I put myself in these spiritual places, not all of it works for, not all of it resonates with me, but some yeah. of it does. And it, some of it resonates so much that I keep coming back. You know what I mean? So it's like, and that's what you, and that's what you are meant to latch on to. We're all like, even I say we're all energetic beings, but we're all varying forms of energetic beings. And what our soul needs is going to vary from one place to the next. The ultimate would be just knowing that there is a way to live in the present moment, be connected to yourself and allow the universe to um, experience this world through us. And that's, that's where you kind of just start to kind of, float a little freer when you let go of all that attachment you let go of all this why did this happen to me why is everything happening to me it's not happening to you it's happening around you mm-hmm. you just have to be able to step outside of the storm and, and and navigate through it instead of sitting inside the storm is what I say and I also say the universe drives the bus I've learned that in my life for me um, as a manifesting generator and an intuitive that as long as I let the universe ride the bus, drive the bus and I ride it, we're going to go to the place that I need to go to. And sometimes I get off on some crazy detours and things get real interesting, but (laughs) there's always a lesson in it. Exactly. As long as I get back on the bus, then then I'm headed in the right direction. And then that's where I think I've really come to this point in my life. But if I hadn't had my life's experiences up until now, I wouldn't be able to be truly happy where I'm at. And 
Um, so I think it's really just being able to be happy with self and whatever brings you to that place is, is a form of enlightenment in and of itself. And that's, and that's good. I am very much so. picturing the magic school bus. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I kind of do too. <laughs> we are underwater right now. Like, like you know. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I exactly. love it. Brooke, I love this so much. Tell everyone how they, what offers do you have? How do you help people? Like, how can they get in touch with you? Like all of the things. And I'll put a lot of this in the show notes as well. So it's easy resource for them. Absolutely. Um, First of all, I just want to, again, thank you so much for having me on the podcast today, technical difficulties and all. Um, I look forward to our next uh, conversation because this has been really wonderful. And I just think you're such a beautiful soul and I love what you're doing for the community as well. So Um, but you can find me, um, on Instagram at the grounded stylist. My website is the grounded Um, right now I do have an offer out for three practices to protect your energy behind the chair, as well as doing some one-on-one intuitive coaching. And I do offer some full day experiences. And, um, uh, my next ticketed event is actually going to be in Portland, Oregon on May 6th. And the uh, wonderful Presley Poe is going to be hosting at her Gold Studios space in Portland. So I am over the moon excited for that. It is limited availability. There's only 20 spots that we will be selling tickets for. So it'll be a sacred empowerment day of mindfulness. And I will be launching those ticket sales um, here within the week. So keep an eye out for that on my socials and my website. Awesome. Brooke, thank you so much. This won't be our last conversation. That's for sure. Yay. (laughs) All right, Misty. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day. You too. All right. Bye, sweetie. Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.